0: You're listening to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. Good morning. Welcome. Come on in. Hallelujah. It's good to be here. My name is Pastor Ralph, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You! Jesus, we just invite you right now to reveal your heart and your word to us. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you're here. We love your presence. We thank you for your goodness. And even this morning, Jesus, we desire to drink of your manifest presence and drink of your goodness and and comprehend the fullness of all that you accomplished on that cross and the joy and the power of your resurrection. And Jesus, we come as your people today, and Father, I pray for everybody here that we would have a heart to receive and ears to hear and eyes to see the fullness of all that you've accomplished and who you are and who you are in us. And we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 1:16 says that exact thing for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation that word power it is a deutymus it is the dynamite is the power of God unto salvation the gospel the good news the gospel means to announce good news to declare to show forth God's story, God's goodness, His good tidings unto salvation. You know, salvation is sozo. He saved us, and He healed us, and He delivered us. He rescued us. That's right. He's given us divine health and healing. Everything that was done at the cross and by the shedding of His blood is salvation, the fullness of it all. And we get to we get to receive it. And enjoy it now in the present. Yes. It's not a future. I can't wait to someday when we all go to heaven. It's now. It's, it's the it's the now experience of salvation on earth. But the gospel is very powerful, and Stephen and I, Steve Hogan, is uh, one of the elders here, and Stephen and I have been doing a book study over the last several months. And uh, I want to say this message was inspired, and actually I'm going to do a lot of quoting from the author of the book, whose name is Benjamin Dunn. The book title is called The Happy Gospel. It's a fantastic book, and it will, it will completely wreck you, and I'm going to be dovetailing off some of it today. So if you're taking notes, I rec- we recommend you highly read the book called The Happy Gospel. And I'm going to do my first quote from Benjamin Dunn. The gospel itself is the drink that every heart longs for. It lifts man from his wretched and sinful state into the limitless heights of happiness and holiness found only in salvation. Happiness and holiness found only in salvation. The gospel is centered in God's Son and tells of the new existence given graciously to all who believe and trust in its power the gospel is good news the gospel makes me happy the gospel transforms us from the inside out the gospel of jesus christ is awesome is awesome in the gospel we see the greatest gift that god ever gave to the world the gift of jesus christ Jesus came not to condemn the world, to to condemn the human race, but to save it from its lifeless existence separated from God. Jesus came to bring life and bring it abundantly. Jesus came to save us from sin and its sting in this life. That's the good news of the gospel. I'm going to be quoting a lot of neat uh, things about the gospel, and then we're going to see how simple and the ease of receiving this gospel and how complicated we've made it. This gospel makes me happy. We, in the beginning of our class, I get a little crazy sometimes. We're in the class, and, I'm, and um, it's all the things that we've learned over the years, and I said this in front of the class, and I don't regret saying it because sometimes I regret things that I say. <laughs> but I said this. If the gospel doesn't make you happy, there's something wrong with you. And that can be almost like, whoa, you know, what's what's your problem? You know? So here's what I'm going to say. This is the gospel. It's the new covenant. It's the new wine. And the ease of the gospel is drinking it. Oh, that's good. The ease of drinking the gospel makes me happy. If the gospel doesn't make you happy, there's something wrong. The Son of God did not come to earth that we'd have a miserable, lousy existence on planning earth, someday hoping to die and spend the rest of the eternity in heaven. He came and laid down his life so that we could live And the gospel, when it's drunk easily, we're going to talk more about this, new covenant, a superior covenant that we can drink with ease and it's effortless to be in a right relationship with God and to enjoy God. We were created for glory. We were created to enjoy God. So this good news, if it doesn't make you happy, there's something wrong. And we'll talk about uh, the thief, and we'll talk about some of the distractions we face. Because this gospel is so good, it's what kind of king leaves his throne and lays down his life for all of mankind? King Jesus did it. Love came down, God came down, He won us back. We sing a lot of them themes and songs we sing, but what you sing is your theology. So if you don't know that he won you and that love came down and God came down, God came down to rescue us. God paid the price for sin. Finished once and for all. That which was lost in the garden is now restored. The first Adam opened the door to sin. The last Adam, Christ, has opened the door to righteousness. What was lost in the fall was the pleasure of being connected to the Lord. The joy of being one with him. When, men, uh, when man fell, he fell into a separation existence from God. That's the dilemma. That's the problem with the fall. But the gospel declares that Christ came. As ambassadors, as messengers of the gospel, we have such great hope and we have a message of restoration. Amen. Christ was crucified to remove the curse of the fall. Through what Christ did for us, we are now restored in a perfect, effortless union with God. Mm -hmm. Is that awesome? The gospel offers for us a new life and a new land free from sin and filled with joy. That is just awesome. Through what Christ did for us. I'm going to show a little video clip in a little bit, but I want to share a little bit of the journey that I've been on. This is the month of March 2013. I came to Jesus. I received Christ. I became born again. Whatever the language that you used to, I just want you to know the language is important because it's a revelation that you did not know God and now you know God. Does some encounter happen where you did not know Christ and then you received Christ. Somebody told you, somebody shared, in my situation, I was in a jail cell and I read the Bible and the word became life to me and I received Christ 33 years ago, March of 1980. (laughs) When that gospel comes into your heart, it transforms you. It radically produces in you something wild and crazy and what it is, you realize it's bliss, it's extreme happiness, And when I hear the word gospel, it thrills my emotions to a frenzy. It makes my heart leap like a spring lamb. For the gospel to me is everything, because I've tasted the source of its gladness. Right? I am permanently separated to boast and take joy in nothing else, for nothing but the gospel carries the dose of joy that my heart requires. Benjamin Dunn puts it so beautiful in this book called The Happy Gospel because what, he, what we realize is that religion wants to rob you of your bliss. Religion wants to rob you of this extreme happiness that is available to every believer who understands the reality and the simplicity of the childlike faith that's required to drink the gospel in so many times, uh, if I had to uh, name a series for this last month, it would be there are no buts. Because here's what we love doing. I don't know why we love doing it, but several weeks ago, Tim did a message, and it was there's no but in God's love. And I talked about there's no but in the command to love one another. Today, there's no but in the fact of the reality that the gospel is good news. There's no butt in it. Well, son, you must not have been around a long time because, you know, the gospel's hard. You know, it's going to take, take some doing. You know, you got to endure, and you got to persevere, and you got to, and you got to, and you got to. That's the problem. When you got to do it, it's 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 not good. If you got to do it, you're probably pretty miserable. <laughs> when you rely completely childlike faith, completely relying upon, depending on, leaning on, completely in faith like a child that he already did it, then comes the joy back. The joy comes back. So this extreme bliss, this happy good news of the gospel ends up coming down to me to a new covenant a superior covenant you know the old covenant is the old covenant the law never could accomplish a restoration back to the garden never it could never do it god knew that and he had the law He established the old covenant we have the old testament but jesus christ came to bring a new covenant and it's a superior covenant And what I have been flabbergasted by and and blissed by is even with my own journey in the Lord, understanding the simplicity that what he really requires of me daily is to drink, to drink of his goodness. The blood that was shed is represented in wine. Wine the blood of his covenant, the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice of the Lamb of God is all that is required of me. Jesus said, drink it. Drink in the covenant. Perfect, relying faith in the complete work that Jesus Christ alone did everything for me and for you. He could there's nothing more that we could have ever done. Right. Stephen spoke last week about how pure is your gospel. As I was even preparing this table, one of the quotes he was he used was uh, all the religions of the world are trying to to go up into heaven or, or try to seek after God and try to do things by works. And Christianity and Jesus Christ are the only ones where God came down and set a table for us. He laid on the table. He was a sacrifice. God came down and paid a price that we could never have paid. And then he says, I've done it all. Why don't you drink of the new covenant and you'll be transformed? Why don't you drink of the wine and let it go deep into you and understand fully that it is completely on the sacrifice of Christ, and when we partake of this cup of, the, of salvation, the new covenant, we are saying that Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, is, was, continues to be forever, is the perfect sacrifice, and Jesus is enough for me. Jesus is enough for you. He alone forever will be worthy of honor and glory and praise, Because he alone was the one who laid down his life so that we could live. When you drink of this new covenant, you are drinking in the fullness of his sacrifice. People struggle with sin. People struggle with their identity. Tracy's word today was on identity of knowing who you are in Christ. What did he accomplish and who are you now? Because the truth is, Your sin was great. It had to be paid for. But God's love was greater. There was an old covenant that required things that you could never have achieved and it was through the law and it never worked. And Jesus said, I'm going to come and give a new covenant of grace. And it'll be complete. It'll be perfect. And all you have to do is completely rely on me, have faith in me, have childlike faith in me, and it'll be perfectly, perfectly significant for you as you drink the cup of his sacrifice. Childlike faith is required. This glorious gospel of Christ has to be radically um, drunk down. I'm going I'm to read something that, um, that Benjamin wrote. I love this. If we only know this gospel in part or it's been things have been added to it, I, I would say this. This is the quote, one of the quotes I really love. To know the gospel that I'm talking about, to know this gospel, to know this good news of Jesus, as anything less than what we've been talking about, because a lot of the quotes here I, I took from Benjamin, if you don't know these basic understanding of the gospel, if you don't know it in this form of drinking it in, of understanding the childlike faith that's required, understanding all that I just said, it's tragic, it's a tragedy. Because unless it's known and drunk down it's in its entirety, its benefits will never be realized. That was one of the most powerful quotes to me. Its benefits will never be realized. The Lord showed me somebody who literally had the antidote or had the prescription to cure a disease and they just didn't properly take the medicine because they had to drink it down and they had to take it fully to receive the full benefit of this gospel because the gospel transforms humanity from wretched to worthy. Drinking of this cup and depending on Jesus alone makes, make, gives you a brand new life. I'm going over some of the fun quotes from the book. As we drink of the superior covenant... We realize that Jesus is the one that's infilling us. As we are infilled and filled with the Holy Spirit, we are allowed to enjoy God because we realize he is the joy, he is the love, he is our righteousness, he is our sanctification. All of us who are believers were lifted from the pit of sinfulness and self-possession into the glorious heavenly perfections of Christ. This beautiful gospel transforms us. It fills us up. I love this one. This kind of goes back to my statement about if you're not enjoying God or enjoying the gospel, if you're not happy through the gospel, I believe there's something wrong. Because I love this quote. This amazing gospel fills us up. It fills us with God's pleasure and makes the world jealous. Because there is nothing more persuasive than a believer enjoying God. Uh. There's nothing more persuasive than a believer enjoying God. The testimony and the joy and the happy good news of the gospel, if it's not manifesting us, producing in us a real bliss of happiness that's deep within us, because if all the world sees is the hard road and the long journey and I hope you make it and they see miserable people I'm going to be honest with you I don't really want to be associated with people who are miserable saying they're enjoying God because either our sins have been forgiven or they haven't been either we're new creations in Christ or we're not either we're washed and cleansed by his blood or we're not Either, either we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit or we're not we're completely relying upon the finished and complete work of Jesus Christ on that cross, and yes, by the way, he did—he did die, and he was buried, and he rose again from the dead, yeah. and he promised that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit to completely lead us and fill us and teach us. Amen. So there's nothing more persuasive in our world than a believer enjoying God. So ask yourself a question. When's the last time you had a really good stiff drink of the pure gospel? The pure gospel. Cuz here's a reality. And and for those of you, I hope I don't offend anybody here, but this is this is real. This is real stuff. I went through the whole I went through the whole process of we have to use food coloring. No, we can actually use real wine. They've been doing it in the Catholic Church for a few hundred years or a thousand years. Because here's the wild part about this that I kind of want to get you a little bit, you know, kind of maybe shake you a little bit here. But if I keep drinking that wine, you know what's going to happen to me? You know? It's called intoxication. It's called being under the influence. I'm going to probably get a little happy. The reality is, when you drink the pure gospel of Jesus, right. you're, you're going to get happy. That's right. Man, if you've never gotten happy, you need to drink the pure gospel of Jesus, and you're going to get happy. I guarantee you'll get happy. Yeah. So whether, whether we call it drinking the gospel, soaking, whatever it is, but if you haven't experienced an encounter with the Holy Spirit of drinking in the pure gospel that makes you happy, and being under, the scripture says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It actually uses a reference of, of drinking wine. And it says, don't drink too much wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be intoxicated. Study it, look it up. It says, be filled and be under the influence of the Holy Spirit every day. It wasn't one time when you got saved. So this beautiful gospel is meant to be drunk in every day. If you had to for a season take communion every day by yourself just to remind yourself of the covenant that's a superior covenant and that your identity in Christ is secure and that you're seated with him in heavenly places and that everything he accomplished for you is absolutely wonderful and beautiful and it makes you happy. People get confused about the happy gospel and living on planet earth and going to work and working out your relationships with your wife and kids. Um, I've been married 35 years. Praise God. I've raised five children. Praise God. I've worked 30 years, and most of my life was in blue-collar jobs. Through all of that, it wasn't, oh, whoa, oh, whoa. It was actually the little Snoopy dance. Woo! (laughs) I got a little Snoopy dance for you. That was my video clip, my little surprise for the video clip. But here's here's what I want to tell you. Drinking of that gospel makes you happy tomorrow morning when you go to work. Drinking of this gospel, knowing the reality of the kingdom, knowing the reality of this gospel. If you've never experienced drinking in this gospel... That you need to experience it because until you experience it, you're not going to be transformed from the inside out. Because you can't fake happiness. You can't fake being happy. You can't fake having pleasure or enjoying God. You can't fake it. So we drink of this cup and we understand that Jesus was the good shepherd, Jesus was the door. Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We understand that this effortless union with God was provided by his own personal sacrifice. It's almost a slap in the face to me when we add to it. Here's probably one of my other favorite quotes. It's on your bulletin today. It's a stumbling block. I like this one. Okay, where is it? Okay, there it is. In this book, it's on page 99. Again, these are ones I meditated on a long time. Most are striving for something that is simply a gift. Let that hit you a little bit. Most are striving for something that is simply a gift from God and what happens here is religion comes in and here's my other my other favorite part of that I'm just bouncing around a little bit here but it has to do with the video clip I'm going to show because as I was reading the book this is how God speaks to me God speaks to me through pictures a lot of pictures I remember stories I love movies So I'm reading this book one day and I'm having a Holy Spirit intoxication time in my home. It was very fun. I was very happy. I was laughing. I almost fell over in my chair. (laughs) This is good stuff. This is stuff that I hope you experience. Uh, And I was not drinking wine. I was drinking the purity of the pure gospel that made me happy inside. It broke all the junk off me. It broke all of the religion off me. It helped me focus and see, God, you're so good. This is going on, that's going on. God, you're so good. And all of a sudden, I saw Snoopy dancing. (laughs) And I don't know if anybody grew up with Snoopy, but I love Snoopy. And when Snoopy dances, if you're a Snoopy person, you know what I'm talking about. Snoopy's like going wild, man. Snoopy's just happy. (laughs) And I realized the Lord showed me, Ralph, all them years when you were just happy. And then I saw the villain in the picture. And I don't even know where this guy comes from. Maybe you can help me out. But this is what happened. All of a sudden, I'm happy, I'm Snoopy, I'm dancing, and then the villain was Mr. Freeze. Now, was Mr. Freeze Batman? I don't even remember. Yeah. Okay, if you, if, you're not, if you don't know this story, the villain Mr. Freeze wants to just take this freeze gun and he just, you know, you could be ha- you know, dancing like Snoopy and then Mr. Freeze comes and like, eh, you know, he, he puts a layer of ice on you and now you can't move because Mr. Freeze has got you all tightened up. And all of a sudden, you're all tightened up. And here's the quote from, from uh, Benjamin's book. Religion will always tempt a believer that something else is needed. Religion will always tempt you. It's like the little bait of Satan. Religion will tempt you. And it'll tempt you as a believer, and he'll say, There's something else needed for this perfect union with God that you long for. There's something else needed for you to enjoy God in its fullness. And it's a lie the villain, Mr. Freeze, came over and tried to spray some junk on you. And you were frozen, and you stopped dancing. You started looking at yourself. And all of a sudden, things don't look oh, so good. And if you just would have taken a little bit of drink of that, of that gospel. But here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. How the Holy Spirit works is the Holy Spirit's fire. And no fire can stand against Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze is done. Mr. Freeze trying to go up there. Holy Spirit shows up. The fire of the Holy Spirit. Mr. Freeze just poofs. He's gone. <laughs> and then the simple, powerful truth melts away all that lousy ice that lies to me and says to me, you can't enjoy God. The lie of religion tempting me that something else is needed. And right there, I just went to my desk. You might think I'm a wino now, but I wasn't drinking wine, but I deliberately took the cup of the new covenant, which is his blood, shed for me. The perfect lamb of God whose sacrifice is sufficient for me. The perfect Jesus who laid down his life when I deserved death and said, you can live now, I've taken it away and said, you can drink of that covenant. You can drink of my goodness. (laughs) And the lie is broken. And the Holy Spirit breaks the lie of religion and sets you on a good foundation. And joy comes back into your life. And then other people, in this video clip, you're going to see... I think it's Linus. Who plays the piano, Linus? Schroeder. Schroeder. Schroeder's playing the piano, and Lucy kind of looks at Snoopy. She's miserable. <laughs> and she looks at Snoopy with this look. And you know, I've, I've, I've been talking to the Lord about this, and it's for whatever reason, I don't know why, we think people in the world want to put out the joy in our heart. It's a lot of believers that just want to save it. Here, here, here's the reality of how I'm going to end this today. I want to tell you that there is a fight, and we went over this in our class two weeks ago. And the Lord showed me after this class, and even we were dialoguing together the fight isn't believing it's that simple. The fight is believing that that's it, it's too good to be true. We want to complicate it, and the fight is do you just believe it? And just believing it requires childlike faith. I also, again, another quote from Benjamin, how quickly unbelief makes one forget the miracles that God has performed. Unbelief, how quickly we forget all that he's done. Receiving Christ, drinking in this new covenant, Total faith in Christ, complete reliance on Him and Him alone, it's that good. It's not too good to be true. It's quite scandalous. If you study the word scandal, the Jews, it was a stumbling block for them. It was a scandal because they couldn't believe it was that simple and that true. I've ministered to Muslim guys. I delivered for uh, my route for 20 years, and I used to go to these gas stations and these guys would laugh at me because I was a born-again Christian and believed in Jesus. And they used to say, it can't be that easy. i say, it didn't cost me anything. It cost him everything. But it's that easy to receive him. All you have to do is believe. So the fight is not believing. So I'm going to dim the lights, and I'm going to close here in a second. But I pray that this... Um, I was with a friend this week, and I said... What I want you to remember today, you know, I, I'm a football coach at heart, and what I say, to, if, I hope you take, I want you to take one takeaway today. Because a friend of mine, Randy, are you here? Is Randy here? You have to leave it. Randy's here. One of the brothers here. I said, Randy, this is what I saw. And then I went on YouTube and looked at like six clips. And he put it together for me to where I'm telling you what I want you to remember. And I'm going to tell you what I want you to remember. Snoopy drinks he drinks a big tall root beer and he drinks the gospel and and then it makes him happy and he dances. And here's my thing to you before we close. I'll close after the video clip. It's only a minute and 15 seconds. But as you're watching this clip, I pray that the Holy Spirit reminds you this week that this is really, really good news. And I pray that it makes you happy. Okay? So let's watch this clip and I'll close. shut that light over there.